We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the True Faith Match Review podcast with me, Norman Rayleigh, hosting Simon Campbell and Rob Clothier, who will be discussing yesterday's, yesterday being Saturday, the what, 3rd of November's monumental victory over Watford, monumental victory over Watford at St James's Park. Um, so the podcast brought you free thanks to the support of patrons and our partner Fans Bet, who, as you probably already know, donate 50% of their profits, i.e. what we um, inevitably lose, back to fan causes of your choosing, such as uh, True Faith, for example. Right, lads, let's crack on with this, eh? So I'll go to you, Rob, first, mate. Um, just tell me what, what was it like yesterday? What was it like, mate? How did you feel getting that, that first win? Uh, it was incredible. Um, I, I wrote in the in the um, match review that um, at the start of the game I was like so anxious and like the anxiety was just overwhelming and like uh, it really felt like a huge, huge game. Um, uh, I, I could literally, I, like I had a tight chest and everything. Honestly, I was just like <laughs> desperate to get a result, you know, um, and I. First half was pretty poor, and then obviously to get the win in the end was just like a massive outpouring of emotion. Like, um, just felt well overdue. Um, I was just it was fantastic to be there to see my first win of the season. Would um, would you say on an emotional level it was as good as you know when you've like been travelling for about four hours and you really need the toilet and you haven't had the chance to go, <laughs> and then you get there. And that just outpouring, it was, of, outpouring it was, of, of emotion. It was, it was like a massive <laughs> release of pressure. <laughs> it's a very good comparison. <laughs> and also, mate, and also, if you're getting a tight, if you're getting a tight chest in a football round at your age, I would suggest you get, you get, you know, you get it looked at because that could possibly, end up with something really bad. Possibly angina, I don't know, but uh, I, 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 I just, I just put it down to anxiety. Uh, Newcastle New, New United will do that, to you mate. Sai, give me your, um, your, your thoughts, mate. Are you, are you still, still buzzing? I had the exact... Or, did you, or were you buzzing? Or were you actually buzzing afterwards? Or was it more kind of like, Jesus, thank God for this? Uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The, the emotion, like, it's it's hard to... Um, because it's been so long since we've had a home win, I'm not going to deny I wasn't buzzing and had that same feeling that we haven't had since Chelsea in, in May of leaving St James's Park with, with, with a victory. Um, it doesn't quite feel the same because there's, there's still everything else that's going on and nothing's really changed. And even the first half performance nothing has really changed um and we we rode our luck a bit but um it was still class i still really enjoyed it i still came out and i still feel happy today which i haven't on a weekend of football yet this season so i it's 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 brilliant to be back and rob i'm with you i had chest 
situations going on yesterday <laughs> for the last half an hour of the game. It's it's well, just we haven't been ahead. We haven't been ahead in a football match like that. So <laughs> it was just it was stressful um, in a good way. In a good way, I've I felt like I'd I'd remembered what it was like to go to St James's Park and give a shit, which is a good thing. I um, I mean, you know, I I wasn't there naturally. Wasn't there to see a victory, just like um, <laughs> last season against Chelsea, Arsenal, Man U, all those monumental <laughs> games. There's just literally no point in me turning up when the team needs a win. Um, so I'll be up at Bournemouth next weekend. Um, everyone listening, you know, get ready to celebrate a celebrate a defeat if you can do that. Um, but uh, should the, we just um, make, should we make it boycott Bournemouth and just send Norman in on his own? <laughs> And then let we lose. <laughs> then aye, we'll, just, we'll crack on as normal aye, after that. Aye, that's a good idea. And then I can feel like I've actually got, you know, I've got something out of the money I'm paying for my season ticket because the season ticket <laughs> and every time I look at it, I just, I just taste defeat. Um, the taste of defeat lingers in my mouth every time I look at my season ticket. But um, the, obviously I've watched the highlights, read the reports as you do, especially when you win, you watch the highlights like 50 times, read about, read every single match report you can, other than probably the Daily Mail because it's reports of organisation. But however, that's a personal opinion. Um, the to me Watford absolutely tanked with it in the first half. I've got no idea how um, they weren't two or three goals up. I mean, profligate finishing, you could say, real last ditch defending. And um, what was particularly highlighted on match of the day was how much graft the kind of defenders put in. It was just like a one of those last last stand of the Alamo kind of performances in the first forty five minutes. Um, uh, side to you, mate. Do you do you think we were? lucky um, and on another day it could have been a hammering or do you feel that it was just we got the look and then we kind of you know once we'd rode out the storm we deserved deserved the win ultimately yeah we were lucky um, I mean only in terms of uh, I think Watford's first half was exaggerated slightly on much of the day I've just seen the highlights this morning um, and they really made it look like the tankers and I'm not going to admit I'm not going to say that they didn't we had one really good chance with Rondon no with Dayame. Um, but they only had like one shot on target in the first half. They had a lot of really good chances, and Delafeu missed some some quite good chances from close range and put them wide. But it was still a, a, the first half. I only had like three or four proper chances in it. It was still the kind of Rafa Benitez try and shut down the game, try and keep us in it, see where we are come half time, and that that worked. And yet, all right, on another day we might have got a bit unlucky and, and a couple of those chances go in. But I'll take you back to Brighton a couple of weeks ago. We had 27 shots, they had one, which took a massive deflection and went in. So you know, over the course of them two games, I think our luck is pretty much balanced out, and we did deserve this one. Two um two deflections against Brighton, mate. Let's not forget the second deflection. But yeah. you know what? Then again, then again, if we all remember Mordiomi's outrageous goal against them down at their place, I suppose. Yeah, those <laughs> things do balance themselves out. Um, Rob, <laughs> Rob, would you would you broadly agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think over the course of the season, we've we have we've defended well, and I think we have deserved more. But I think we just haven't had the rub of the green in a lot of games we've had um, yesterday. As the game went on, as they missed chances, it just started to feel a little bit like it was going to be our day, and that's a feeling I haven't really had all season. Like you can just sort of sense sometimes when it's going to turn out well, and even though the last fifteen minutes was like watching a, I don't know, like a, it was like a semi-final or something, like a cup game, like it, like it was just so nervous towards the end, but it it still you just sort of felt it was going to go our way and I, I think ultimately yeah, we, we did deserve to win the game and um, we defended really well another clean sheet 
you felt you felt it was gonna go and um, war away. I mean, I, I don't think I, I can't remember what that feels like. I can't remember what it feels <laughs> like to be at a football stadium thinking today is gonna be war day. Even even against like. Even against Brighton at home, after like sort of fifteen minutes, you're like, we're just not going to score, yeah. Yeah, that um, was the that, yeah, yeah, which is which is which is spectacular. Um, I, I hope I hope I get to experience that one more time in my life before I obviously <laughs> you know give way to to a higher place. Um, but uh, the um, the differences, did you, Rob? Did you notice any tactical shift um, at the start of the second half? Because obviously, what I saw on the highlights was within the first three minutes. Um, do a follow through, whatever he's called. He, um, <laughs> he, uh, that's what, that, that's, that's what we, that, that's what we labelled him on Prem Patter. Um, if anyone, anyone's a patron, they'll be familiar with it. If, uh, if people don't subscribe to the patron, then obviously for five pound a month, it's worth it because you do get to hear, you know, such witticisms as us labelling them um, that are yep. Do a follow through, it's, it's absolutely genius. Brilliant so football on, puns to be heard. Yeah, uh, yeah, and some. <laughs> Wonderful um, impressions of Sean Dyche and Neil Warnock and, and so much more as well. So much more. So for five a month, get us on the pair and, and join up and um, we'll move back on to the new as performance. <coughs> as I see, I, um, any, any significant tactical shift you noticed prior to the substitutions? Obviously, I think, did um, Muto went off, didn't he, at half-time and Perez came on. Now, give me your reasons to why you think that was um, and did it make a kind of immediate difference? Well, it would appear that all our subs were forced by injury. Um, I think I've read that Muto and Lascelles went off with uh, muscle injuries. Um, Muto literally went off with about 10 seconds of the first half left, so that might as well have been half-time. And Lascelles went off at half-time, didn't he? First share. Or share, sorry, share. Um, yeah. it was, yeah, he'd taken a big knock um, about did, five I, minutes prior and he didn't look right, so yeah, he yeah, was definitely injured. Yeah, yeah. And then Shelby obviously went off about 10 minutes into the second half didn't he key came on so um, he was hobbling off as well so three forced changes really but I think um, key particularly coming on was really like refreshing to see in, in the middle of the, of the midfield like he, was, he wasn't trying to play like ambitious long passes but maybe like Shelby would try to do he, he was just keeping things simple in the middle and really making sure that we kept the ball you know just, just nice simple passes one twos and that was something I felt like I hadn't really seen all season, and it was it was really good to see. Um, and we're just in terms of tactics, we're just sort of we seem to just be on the front foot a little bit more, and we're trying trying to trying to get the ball up into the final third and taking the game to Watford a bit more. And I think we we play so much better when we're like that. You know, we did that at Old Trafford. Obviously, we lost, but when we when we were pushing up against them and. Um, Getting into their final third, we looked like such an accomplished team, and you know, playing some nice stuff. And I think Key was a vital part of that yesterday, just making sure we retain possession. Um, but when we're a team like a Rafa Benitez team, which has low percentage of possession, come the end of the match, it's important to have players like that who are who are able to make sure that we retain the ball. Hi, absolutely. I think um, yeah. I want to talk about Key because there's a lot of people saying, "Well, why is he not being playing?" Um, Key is not a better footballer than Shelby. He's probably not even a better footballer than Diarmé, um, based on his last twelve, based on the last twelve months. Um, albeit the last few games, Diarmé is starting to look like the the Diarmé of old. He's, he's a bit more laboured. He, he's tr- he's working really hard, but he's certainly not having the impact he did um, second half last season. Um, the difference with Key in this particular match and just kind of in the context of this season, he was fearless. He came on. I mean. 
for the last few games, because our confidence is so low, so low, so low, so low, <laughs> um, you've got Diame and Shelby pinging the ball around like a hot potato. They don't want to hang on to it. They release it very quickly. And that's been the case of all of our team, really. Um, there's no confidence there. Just to hold on to the ball, take a proper touch and find the right pass. And Key came on. And it was so refreshing to see a player not panic. He received the ball. He was immediately under pressure. I mean, Watford were pressing. They were putting us under plenty of pressure. And he was taking a touch, beating a man or just turning into space and finding that pass. And as you said, keeping the ball so well, but also quite positively. He wasn't just... Hot potato back to the fullback, hot potato back to the keeper. He was keeping the ball in a positive way and, and moving forward. And it was that fearless thing of he's coming on the pitch into a team that has no confidence and being totally fearless and, and just wanting to kind of, well, I'll just show them what I can do. I've got nothing to lose here. And I think that's maybe what we've needed. Um, or it's what you do need when you go through such a bad spell. You need a couple of players who can come into the team and kind of offer something different without any kind of ramifications. Like, oh, he's got nothing to lose here. So... Yeah, we've, that's why we need a squad, Mike, Lee. <laughs> I, um, I actually, I mean, that's a really good point you make in, 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 uh, when you say fear, fearlessness. Um, because if you're not, and naturally if you're in a, in a team that isn't doing so well and you're regularly playing, it's, you know, your self-belief's going dis- like, to disintegrate and you are going you to have the confidence to try and do something with the ball. You're going to be too scared, almost too scared of losing of losing possession that you just you're not you're not actually doing anything with it other than putting a sideways passing. Um so Key coming on obviously made a difference. And what I saw yesterday was so what I thought was right, Lascelles went up at half time, Shea came on. Um when we spoke to the Deputivo journalist in the summer um regarding the sign of Shea, what he said was he's not particularly good defensively but what he can do is carry the ball out of defence. He can play he can actually play football. Now <coughs> that Made me think immediately yesterday. Well, he's come on. We've, you know, we've utilised the ball a bit better. Did that have anything to do with it? And also, does it kind of highlight how much Florian Lejeune's been missed at the back in terms of us, us keeping possession and kind of building from the back? I don't know. Did did Shea, did Shea make any particular difference here that you saw yesterday? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he was any different in terms of he improved the way we played compared to Lascelles. He was very good. He had a very good half. And I think it was that same thing of being fearless and being able to be com- confident in what he was doing because he hasn't had nine games where that won. And it's not been... I mean, he was he was massively culpable. I mean, it's taken him this long to be trusted again after that Forest Cup game. And rightly so, because he, he let himself down massively. But, um, yeah, I, I think that it was just... And it was forced. Like, the, the three changes were forced, as you've said. But it just kind of... It changed things in a way that was like, oh, fuck it, well, we've got nothing to lose now. We're going to either blame the subs or the whole team just seemed to suddenly have some confidence and threw caution at the wind and they were try- trying things that we haven't tried for weeks and it was it was the total opposite of the second half against Brighton where we were just, as you say, sideways passing, so scared of losing the ball that nobody was trying anything inventive. I mean, it was just, it, was just, it felt totally different. It felt like the Newcastle team we got to got to know the second half last season that fearless kind of yes we're not as good as everyone else but we're still going to give everyone a game and we did it Hi um, the um, the sort of three I mean what you're saying is really the, the, the three the fact that the, the subs were actually forced on us ended up as a bit of a boon it was, it was a massive help I suppose that ties yeah. into the kind of the kind of look element uh, Rob you said before you know we haven't had the rub of the green this season and I would I would agree in, in a, what, four, four or five matches we haven't especially at the start of the season against the big sides Um and yesterday, to a certain extent, we we got lucky in the fact that we had 
we had these substitutions <coughs> forced on it, it did it, it it almost it created a change that might have mightn't have happened if these players hadn't um hadn't got injured. So it's gonna be interesting to see whether or not, you know, um obviously Key and Shea have staked a, a, a claim for a place in the starting lineup in the Bournemouth match. Um but mo- moving on from them briefly, what was your opinions, Rob, on um I suppose Rondon being forced to spend to play ninety minutes. There's another another kind of bit of luck to a certain extent. He was forced to get ninety minutes under his belt. Um and Perez, how how did you see those two playing together? Um, positives from both of them, obviously, I thought. Uh, Rondon had a good chance to put a two up, but what do you make of Rondon's overall performance? Does he offer us something different? And and how do you think this goal will impact on Perez going forward? Yeah, he definitely offers something different. I mean, it's it's just having that physicality up front, um, you know, being able to play high, like almost higher push-up against the, the opposition centre-backs, give them something more to think about. Because when you've got almost like two number 10s in in Perez and Muto up front that the more mobile but that they're not like against Brighton the uh, Dunk and Duffy were just they were quite happy just to just to keep an eye on them almost and like they, they didn't really have any physical presence to, to deal with whereas Rondon is like well he's he's a, he's a huge guy and he's he, you could see he was throwing himself about he was when they were playing balls up to him even if he wasn't winning the header you know you could see you could see Watford were clearing it, but it, you know the, the ball at least then would maybe fall to one of our players. Whereas before, if if you, if we were playing the ball forward, you, you potentially just giving the ball straight back to to the opposition with Perez and Muto not able to get onto it. So Rondon was definitely giving them some some um, something to think about up front. Um, in terms of Perez, I think he's clearly been lacking in confidence at the start of this season. That goal would really help. Apparently, he was booed when he came on. Some people have said he was booed when he came on. It I must have been a really small number of people I was because gonna I say, didn't I, hear that. Yeah. I never heard. I never heard anything. I, did, I, like, tr- I didn't, didn't notice anything at all. But I think he. I'm guessing he did um, because his celebration. I don't know if yeah, he saw, but he was, put his fingers yeah, in his ears. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, so uh, again, like typical Newcastle fan base have reacted to that, like over massive overreaction, like. Um, Saying he's like slagging the fans off and stuff, but you know, I think it was it was clearly it was clearly a tiny like you say a tiny minority of people who booed him when he came on. Um, so I'm I'm pleased he got a goal clearly because we won. And uh, for him personally, I think it's it'll do him good. Um, Rondon, I, I was a bit concerned because obviously clearly he wasn't meant to play ninety minutes from the start. So um, when we were forced into that Shelby substitution. You know, you sort of realise he's going to have to play the full game, and um, I thought he did all right. I mean, he looked obviously he looked out on his feet by the end, but still he was he was still getting stuck in and didn't didn't show any particular signs of um, you know fading away too badly in the match. So yeah, it, it should hopefully benefit him getting the ninety minutes under his belt. We'll see. Good, good. side. anything you want to add to that, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's really harsh to judge Rondon and Muto on a half of football, but Rondon and Perez just seem to. Be able to work together better. Um, Muto had a had another tough game. He was running around a bit again, but didn't really get on the end of anything. Didn't really get too involved defensively. He's good. He, he's a he's a little workhorse, and he goes back in and and covering and everything else. Um, it, 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 but he gets really isolated from Rondon, and then Rondon ends up picking the ball up probably five ten yards inside our own half, and and then he struggles and he tries to to work out, and then if he gets dispossessed, you get that horrible groan from the crowd and. It all just it just wasn't working first half, and I just had visions of nightmares of uh, 
of where that was going. And then, yeah, Perez came on. It was, nobody realised it was happening. It was about 10 seconds before half-time, as you say, Mudo went off. I did not notice one boo. Um, and Perez didn't really touch the ball, obviously, because it was basically half-time. So, I, I don't know, it's a bit of a narrative. Yes, he did do the, the ears thing. Um, for, so, he, he's obviously heard a few boos. Um, I don't know, it's, it's, it seems to motivate him, which is a good thing. It doesn't justify it, but it was nice to see that he used it to motivate himself. Um, he was just... He was just part of that second half fearlessness, and I think it, it, it points again to our bigger issues of not having a squad because he needs competition. He's been he's been basically untouchable on the team, and you're gonna get inconsistent performances from a player who's not being kept on his toes. Um, with Rondon unfit and Mudo not kind of ready at the start of the season, Perez has had to play pretty much every game, and to to lots of people's lament for some reason. He tries and he's been really good in some games and really poor in others and that's what you're going to get out of a player who's basically our only fit striker. Um, and it's the competition thing. Again, I think, I don't know if me and Alex said it on the match day or if it was just a conversation we had in between recording, but Paul Dummett looks the same. He's regressed a bit this season because he, he just plays left back. He is our only left back. He's He's got nothing to keep him on his toes. He's got nothing to kind of aspire to other than just kind of just ticking along and it, it's impossible for a human being not to get complacent in those circumstances where your, your job's just not under threat and you've got nothing to drive you. And we've got that in so many positions that it was nice yesterday to see players almost forced into a position to prove themselves and Perez also had a point to prove and that's what competition does, Mike, Lee. Um, that's what a squad does for you. It's important that these players have competition and there's options there and it, it, it just showed in the second half when we had different players coming in to, to do a job. It changed the game. Couldn't agree more with you, mate. Very point, very well made. Um, let's. I want to move on to other performances because, you know, we we saw down at Man U for the first sixty minutes, what a little bit of self belief can do to players. Um, and and in this instance, I'm referring particularly to Kennedy, who, who had a brilliant start the season against Spurs. I thought he was outstanding in that game. And you just thought, here we go, this kid's going to be spectacular. And his form, like the rest of the team. Dipped, but Kennedy to me, given he, given his you know his relative um, youthfulness and the fact <coughs> that he's never been regular at any side across the course of the season, it just suggests that there's a bit of a fragility there with um, you know how, how he how how his confidence is. It seems to just kind of dip massively almost almost overnight. Um, and what but what we've seen is I think is kind of almost the reverse. The performance against Man U, the brilliant goal against Southampton, I thought he was I thought his defensive work was was fantastic and. That's the impression I got yesterday. Um, I've, I've obviously read on, on social media a lot of positives regarding him. Um, so I, I'll come to you first, first mate. Um, or, or do you think we're seeing Kennedy return to not only the player that he was towards the end of last season in an attacking sense, but also his defensive work is just improving game on game? Is that is that reasonable to say? 100%. Um, yeah, uh, fearless being the word of the day. He was just he was trying things again and he kind of lost that from his game. Basically, after Cardiff for four or five games where his confidence just like it, like, like it was shot and again we've got no competition so even though he's going through a bad spell he's just getting hoyed in every game every game and just has to kind of keep plodding on um, and he's kind of found his way back into I wouldn't say he's in top form but he's he's certainly finding his, his old self and yeah defensively I mean the beauty of being able to watch match of the day for the first time this season and <laughs> and want to sit through it to watch Newcastle that I, I didn't even realise that that tackle he made where he's, oh, he's basically covered about 50 yards <laughs> and it looked like they're going to score here they're going to score he's unmarked in the box and he somehow gets to 
Kennedy, uh, you know, his his um, character's been questioned by people. His his commitments being questioned by people. Well, there you fucking go. He's mm. still he's still in this. I mean, they're all still in this. I mean, the the best thing about yesterday was you, you just remember that this is a squad of players who, for all their faults and for all their kind of limits in terms of ability, they all still give a fuck and they all still really like. And Kennedy epitomised that. He's been accused basically of well, he doesn't want to be here this season. I don't think that was at all evident in this game or the last few. Couldn't I couldn't agree more with you, mate. Again, um, and that's another thing that was noticeable um, yesterday. I mean, noticeable for me, as I say, looking at it as a you know watching highlights and reading match reports and um, listening to like, yeah feedback from pundits um, was that this uh, Rob is a squad that's still very much together, very much fighting for each other. And I suppose if you look at you actually look, we, we haven't given that where we are in the league. We haven't conceded many goals, especially when you compare. I mean, look at Burnley, who are known, who are supposedly renowned for their defensive solidity, are shipping goals. The goal differences of Fulham, Cardiff, Huddersfield, it's massive compared to Wars. Um, and I think, I don't know what you think, but that to me is a reflection not only on how good Rafa organises us defensively, but again, that suggests that, you know, regardless of what the limitations might be, you've got a squad of players who are still, you know, who still care deeply about, about what's, what's happening on the pitch and about each other. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really, it's really encouraging to see. Like, uh, I, I think I'd much rather be in a position where we're defensively sound and, you know, struggling a little bit to score rather than maybe a Fulham where you you are scoring goals but you're just absolutely shipping goals at the other end. You know, it, the the attacking hopefully will be able to improve on the attacking side of things. I mean, Rafa's teams are always well drilled defensively, aren't they? You know, we've seen that over the last few years and. Every every side he's ever managed, really, he's 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 a very good organizer of defenses, and um, clearly that's going to be something that we're we're really going to rely on this season to make sure that we're frustrating teams. Um, I did I did a <clears throat> a quick review with um, a Watford um, podcast or on a, on a radio program before the game, and I, I said to them like, or they were sort of saying like, what what's going to be what what might surprise us? And I said, well, our defence is pretty solid, and you know they they've had a, their best start of the Premier League or best start in the top flight. They're ever. a very good side. They're a they very good side. Attacking, they've they've got, you know, um, the wingers are dangerous. They've got three decent strikers in success, Gray and obviously Troy Deeney as well. But we like we mentioned before, we restricted them to I think one shot on target. Was it one That's shot it, on, one target, shot on in target in, in the entire match? Despite the fact they had thirteen shots on goal in the first half, and only three in the second, so we actually had two shots on target from in the whole match. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's 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 very reassuring. Like I say, to to be defensively sound, it's definitely not something that we're used to as Newcastle fans. <laughs> I know, growing up, um, whenever I've watched Newcastle teams when they've started playing the ball across the back four, you're just filled with terror. But Watching Rafa's team, you do feel, you do feel like they're they're all right at the back and they know what they're doing, and clearly, like you say, this is a group that cares, and I've got absolutely no concerns about that whatsoever. I know that they're all going to give a hundred percent, and if we keep going like that uh, and keep 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 tight at the back, we'll be fine this season. Sorry, back to you, mate. The the importance of their goal difference again. You think this this is going to be could be potentially huge at the end of the season. Um, it's just it's just useful to have it, isn't it? I mean, we we talked about it last season, and it would have seen us finish above any of the bottom teams if we'd needed it. It turned out we didn't, but 
I mean, that's another thing. I've, I googled the Premier League table this morning. I've not done that this season. <laughs> I, can't, I wanted to look at it, and to be honest, I was like, Liverpool are top, fucking hell. I was like, I have no idea what's been going on because you just don't want to acknowledge football when when things. It's like are so when you're bad, in the championship. But... When you when you're in the championship, like when when we've been in the championship on a few occasions uh, in my <clears> lifetime, <throat> you, you completely lose touch with the Premier League, don't you? And and now yeah. the Premier League's so divided. Between like almost like the top six or seven and the rest of the table, like you do, you just you just stop you stop even thinking about the the, the top part of it. And uh, I you're right. And I sorry, go on, man. I interrupted you there, but you're looking at the table and what did you what did you pick up on other than the fact we're not in the bottom three? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, we've, we've all been aware of Fulham. Fulham have conceded 28 goals, and and when you look at the teams around us, you actually think, you know what? Yeah, we've had a we've had a shoddy start, and one win in 11 games is not good. But now there's there's five teams with the same record. Huddersfield haven't even won. Huddersfield have only scored four goals. When you when you realise actually there's there's some teams who have been through even worse shit than us, um, it's quite reassuring. And yes, goal difference will be massive, but I don't. I'd, it's it's not going to matter against Fulham and Huddersfield who have already got something like minus twenty goals or something. Um, it's just it's just it's reassuring that we've we've been in all these games that we've lost and. That's that's what I'm taking from this goal difference thing. I mean, people say oh, Rafa's obsessed with goal difference. He's not. He's obsessed with being in football matches and giving yourself a chance of getting points out of any game. And as a side effect of that, a good positive side effect is that you get a better goal difference, and it might come in handy. But it's just important that you know, with with ten minutes to go in any game against any team, you might still have a chance. And on paper, we're not as good as most of these teams. So it's just how we've got to play, lads. And it's it's yeah. Looking at the league table, we are in a good position considering how the season has started. Hi, absolutely, mate. Um, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk, I want to talk about. Well, I want to get your both your thoughts on one one more um, individual performance yesterday because uh, I think um, uh, Matt Ritchie. He, there's been, you know, we've mentioned a few times that he's kind of gone and he's almost like winter hibernation mode that he seems to do. He did it in the championship. He did it last season. He, he kind of does, doesn't he? He almost like he almost yeah. just he does. He just yeah. it's like he's on the pitch, but he's uh, he's hibernating like a bear in a cave, um, a very little bear in a very big cave. But um, <laughs> uh, who still takes corners? But um, yeah, what what was he like yesterday? Because I got a message. Um, I think I got a message through the match. It might have been a f- from True Faith as Alex Hurst. I'm not too sure. Um, seeing that Richie just wasn't wasn't kind of visible at all. But um, I don't know. Um, what what was his performance like overall for the ninety minutes? What were there any was it one of those games where he just he just wasn't at the races, or did he contribute? Do you think in in any way, Rob? I'll I'll, I'll go to you on that, mate. Um, I, I, when I look at Richie, I just think is when we try and get the ball up to him, he's 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 got he's not he's not pacey player. He's 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 not when you see Yedlin maybe coming up near him. You compare the two. I know I know Yedlin's very very fast, but Richie's not. He's not got the pace to. You know, get down the wing and maybe get a cross in. But we used to see him at least receiving the ball on the wing and then maybe cutting inside and crossing on his left foot or having a shot. I don't seem to see that now. I, I, you know, why is that happening? Is is it? Um, is it? Is I don't know. Is is it a lot of confidence? Is it just? Is it? Is is his form just dropped on a more permanent basis, or is it? I don't know. It just doesn't look the player he was um, when we first signed him. Um, and obviously his first season was in the championship, so that was a different level. But when he started in the Premier League with us last season, you know, I think he got you know got a few goals, a few assists. Um, just doesn't look the player he was, to be honest. I think maybe he's just 
reach that point of his career where he's starting to fade off a little bit. Sorry? Yeah. Um, if I go back to my word of the day, fearless, uh, it, it feels like it's an opportunity for the likes of, of well, <laughs> Murphy. We've only got another option, one other option. That's why Richie continues to play. Richie's got the absolute work rate and the, the passion and the commitment to this team that probably warrants him a start most games, especially when we're going through going through the spell we've been. Um, he's not con- he's not contributing in a football sense enough, um, and I would I would agree with Alex um, that he was the same again yesterday. Just the games are passing him by. Um, there was a it was epitomised by there was a moment I think it was first half where Richie picks up the ball with with quite a bit of space to run into, and he for once positively tried to run forward. And I, who, I don't know who their left back was. Holobas, Hobalas. Um, Richie got ahead of him by about five yards, but within seconds the lad had caught him up and tackled him. And it's just he's just got no pace. Mm-hmm. And against most Premier League fullbacks, he just struggles and he can't beat them. So he ends up playing really deep. <clears throat> he ends up hoying in crosses to Rondon from just over the halfway line. And it's like, what's he meant to do with that? He can't get he can't get a shot on goal or a strike on goal or a head on goal when the ball's coming at him from basically behind him. And we just were just willing Richie to get forward a bit more and to get past, and he's got Yedlin running past him, putting more crosses in than he does, and it's like, it's it's frustrating because I love Matt Richie and his passion was there the whole game. He was he was bollocking players for 93 minutes as he always does, but <laughs> in a football sense, I'm starting to worry about him, and he's he's not really a Premier League player, predominantly because he's not quick enough, and he's quite okay. a small lad, and it's 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 a it's a funny one because he's one of the players that defines this Rafa Benitez squad over the last couple of years and you, you don't want to ever see that, that go but if if a championship club wanted him for 10 million that we would get to reinvest you would take that now and, and just let it happen but yeah it's a tough one because I still love him but yeah I, I totally agree that he's, he's probably hit the worst by the confidence thing because Matt Ritchie full of confidence scores goals against Arsenal and Man U and, and looks class but we can't we can't go through another season where we only get three or four big games out of him and the rest of the time he's a bit of a passenger, unfortunately. Aye, well there you go again, Mike and Lee, you know, Christmas time, January transfer window. <laughs> maybe, maybe invest some money. Um chances of that happening. Chances are happening. Same I, I reckon probably the same as getting snow on Christmas Day in London. So, you know, about no point no one percent. Um but you know what, we still won. Actually, um, kind of going on from Richie a little bit when Key came on did Key take responsibility for most of the set pieces just sort of interest? yes he did yes he did and, and he was he's better he? fucking excellent yeah. Yeah. every every Thought corner was threatening he was whipping them in obviously he took the free kick which led to the goal yeah. he's just won the free kick he won, as well by, by fearlessness yeah. and running yeah. with the ball yeah. oh, yeah. he is a well, brilliant set piece taker and I'll, I'll take you back to Hull pre-season which me and Mark Cowley attended and he created the goal we scored there from a corner and we said this lad is our set piece taker this season and we've not got a chance to see it but yeah he's better than Shelby and Richie at, at putting the ball in 100% well well, that, that, that moves on actually because we, we, can, we can wrap up with um, opinions on on next week and Rob the starting lineup, given um, <clears throat> what you saw yesterday I'll tell you what give me, give me your preferred changes if you want to make any and tell me why you want those changes made <laughs> I would probably personally only consider changing Muto for Perez um, that's obviously 
that's obviously assuming that the lads who went off with the injuries are fit, are, are fit to play against Bournemouth. But um, yeah, because despite how good Key was, you know, Shelby's very important to our team. Um, and uh, I can't see Key dislodging the army just because of the way I think the army offers more defensively and that's what Rafa likes um, although we do know that from their days at Swansea together Shelby and Key had a good playing relationship there so you know that's it's a possibility but I, I wouldn't bring Key into the starting 11 just yet unless obviously Shelby's not fit to play if Shelby's not fit to play then I'd be more than happy to see Key start but um I'd, I'd still go for Shelby ahead of him at the moment. And I think, like Sai sort of alluded to before, Muto's, he, he's trying hard, but he's, he's, he's still learning, the, I think, the how to play in the Premier League. Um, and with Perez notching a goal, maybe it's time just to bring him back into the starting eleven. Um So, yeah, I think if everyone's fit, then I would I'd just swap uh, Perez for, for Muto. What would you in, in terms they tactically? What would you like to see? I mean, are, you, are we looking at sort of given given how Bournemouth because you know again Bournemouth like Watford or you would call them an established <coughs> Premier League side? No, they're just a good team. They've got good players. They've got like you know kind of you know really intelligent manager. Um, they keep the ball on the floor. They've got exceptionally quick players up front. They're a very dangerous side. Yeah. Um, and you know we kind of we almost made a mistake against them last season in the one 0 defeat by kind of going for the throat in the first half and then. Eddie Howe just realising, hold on a second, you know, I can I can change something here and we can do these and, and, he, and he did it really well. Um, do you think, do you do you envisage more of the same um, in terms of yesterday against Bournemouth? Do you think, do you think we're going to get something similar? Maybe they're going to kind of pepper us a little bit and we're just going to try and soak it up and just, uh, you know, break them down eventually at the stage of the second half? Yeah, I think um, it'll be a similar approach um, with the way the Bournemouth, like say, the way Bournemouth are playing, they've started really well this season. Um, they're able to score goals. They're fairly sound at the back. I think it'll be another case of you know, Rafa does it very. It's a frequent, frequent tactic. Is he? He likes to get to half time, still in the game, feel them out a little bit, and then uses sort of tactical nous to kind of figure out how we're gonna win the game in the second half um, with the very limited <laughs> playing squad that he's got. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a very similar game, and if we can stay in the game first half, we've got every chance of of maybe scoring in the second. Or you know, let's 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 keep our fingers crossed. Victory through fearlessness, Rob. Um, so <laughs> fearlessness. I'll uh, I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll go to you with the same questions, mate. Your what you'd like to see in terms of the lineup and how you think the game's going to pan out tactically. Uh. Perez was so good off the bench, and he's been really bad when he started. <laughs> but I agree with you, your assessment of Muto. I mean, he to use fearless again, he was fearless at Old Trafford, and he was class, but given a regular starting spot and asked him to have that same impact game after game, he's, he started to, you know, people, people. first of all, your defenders are going to go, all right, they've got Muto now, this is how we're prepared to play against him. Man, you didn't even know who he was probably, and they hadn't really thought about, oh, Here's this new kid. Um, I, I would like to see more of Perez and Rondon, so yes, I would like to get them both fit, both playing up front, and see what that can do for her. Because we've not really had it yet. That is our strongest strongest attacking option. Um, 
the the midfield thing's a funny one because I've been thinking for a while that our central midfield is getting a bit stale and uh, I mentioned it earlier where they're just lacking confidence and therefore kind of moving the ball around a bit too quickly and not really being a midfield not really dominating the opposition because that was our biggest strength last season was that our midfield was overpowering the, their, their opposition two midfielders I don't think Key would be the answer to that particular conundrum but I think what he did yesterday was just open up the game for us in a way that Shelby and Diame just haven't been that said Bournemouth are probably a bit more threatening than Watford and Watford were really good especially first half um, so I agree that Rafa will probably still want to keep Diame in the team on the grounds that he just gets all over the pitch and he, he just does that job that no one else in our team can do we know Shelby can't do it I'm a, I'm, it's not really Key's game he's a tidy forward thinking player um, and dropping Shelby is just too much of a risk so it's it's hard to see Key getting a start even though he would absolutely deserve it after the game he played um, so yeah I'd almost agree that the, t- the, the lineup is the same but Perez comes back in um, Bournemouth are good Callum Wilson is a really good player and will cause us problems um, but if we can play like we did second half which is to be defensively sound while actually being a bit more positive with the ball that's that, that's what Rafa Benitez France was like last season we can let the other team have the ball as long as when we have it we do something a bit more positive and we were more productive with it we haven't been this season but we were second half um, we were making use of the ball while letting them have it for large periods of the game we can do the same against Bournemouth as long as we've got players willing to do something with it when we get our chances so it's <laughs> we've said it most weeks we've, we've, we've started games really badly and, and finished them alright and we just need to carry that forward into the next game so you're looking forward to the Bournemouth match though? yeah I'm looking forward to home games again <laughs> <laughs> that's you know what we'll end on that note I'm, I'm up for it and I can't add Cannot wait now. Cannot wait because of that victory yesterday. Just there, uh, it changes everything. Like you know that it is a huge weight off the shoulders to get that first victory in, and um, to not be the last team in the Premier League waiting for a win. Inside, you made a good point as well by saying that there are four other clubs who've only got one victory. Um, Huddersfield don't have one. The teams that can't score goals and concede loads. There are teams that can't score goals and concede loads, um, and we're we're not one of them. We we haven't you know we, we have scored goals. I mean we've scored goals. We scored against Chelsea. We scored against Spurs. We scored against Arsenal. We are capable of doing it, and we don't concede that many. So mate, I'm still confident. Obviously, a lot more confident than I was um, 20 hours ago of, of us being all right at the end of the season, despite you know the idiotic lack of investment by Ashley. Um, I still believe in this group of players, and I certainly believe wholeheartedly in the manager. So I Bournemouth next week. Um, we're beating Watford, who are an excellent side. We've got Bournemouth equally as good. We're still capable of beating them. Um, I can end there, lads, unless either of you have um, any final thoughts you'd like, to, you'd like to give. Just a quick one on the atmosphere. I thought it was excellent yesterday. We've, they, we've been accused of, of many things as fans um, this week off the back of the kind of Lascelles stuff. And I thought that the crowd kind of made a point of, right, well, OK, <clears throat> we're behind the team here. We're going to show you again. And it, it worked. And regardless of maybe it's like two or three people booing Perez has been picked up on, I thought the crowd was excellent and really showed that for all this call for unity, we've, we've always have been. And it annoys me that we've been attacked as a fan base this week. And I think that was just a big fuck you to everyone. Unity is a good word, mate. And every time I hear it, it reminds me of the um, Dave Chappelle's um, impression of Rick James. I don't know if any of you have seen it. And if anyone listening has seen it, if you have, please comment on it. 
because it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. But uh, you're right, unity is massively important. Um, hopefully we'll see it again at Bournemouth next week. This has been the True Faith podcast. The first victory of the season has been achieved, lads. And, I mean, you know, I'm not going to stop smiling. I'm going to have a bath with candles and a beer as a celebration. So, um, everyone else, if you've enjoyed this uh, free-to-air podcast, put in if you're not already subscribed to Patreon, please do consider it because it is just... We just hugely appreciate it. It's as simple as that. And um, as I say, if you haven't got your fans bet up, download it and you like gambling, get on it. Um, and we will be back with you at some point after the victory against Bournemouth next week, no doubt. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Owen. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.